Welcome back to Real or No Real. I'm Gwenny B. And I'm Janelle Wolf, Gwenny B's podcast producer. Did you know that BLM, Black Lives Matter, is an LLC, a limited liability corporation, not a grassroots organization to bring attention to real issues? I didn't know that until I started investigating myself back in the summer of 2020. And I learned a exactly. heck of a lot more than I really thought I was going to see. So I was actually feeling kind of bad watching all the riots take place in my home city. I live in a suburb of Minneapolis and have some family that live over there where all this happened. So I was watching it and I felt bad and I thought, how could people be so angry? There must be more of this going on than I ever thought. And started to feel really bad. Eventually I went on to their website Kind of take a look around and I saw some things that had absolutely nothing to do with social justice whatsoever. There was this piece about dissolving the nuclear family. They had a lot on there, especially the links that they included. You know, we're associated with 38 other organizations is what they said. Something along those lines and you would read about just the first couple of those I looked into were all about kind of everything that's going on right now, ending private property, not just for white people, but for everybody. And they wanted to get rid of the filibuster, make Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico states, get rid of the Electoral College, which I, I know that's debated, but we can explain that at some point, why that was created that way and why that's so incredibly important. But Anyway, it was nothing to do with social justice at all. And so that's when I started to. What does that have to do with making black lives better? And that's what we're going to be touching on today is just that it's a narrative that's pushed by the big tech corporations and the people behind a lot of this chaos that is going on. But it is just that it's a narrative and they all say the same thing. But certain groups push that narrative, and this is one of them. A lot of people don't realize that there's no good intent behind it. If they were really intending to help people, they wouldn't be rioting and protesting. They would actually be doing things that really matter, that really help people. I saw so much destruction and violence, again, mostly from citizen journalists and just independent journalists. And at the same time, I would watch... The mainstream media say, well, look, it's it's mostly peaceful and don't worry about COVID because it's not going to fly around at all there somehow uh, while they're out there protesting. But I know there were plenty that were peaceful, but there was how many billions of dollars of destruction, how many lives lost, people attacked and had concrete blocks slammed on their heads and on the streets and pulled, yanked out of their cars and things lit on fire. I saw so much violence. It was mind numbing. And decent people don't act like this. Decent people don't. That is your litmus test. Who is behind some of these things? Um, And why were they ignoring and still do? They completely ignored and continue to the other crimes. If it wasn't a white cop shooting a black person didn't matter. So all of that other crime that you see committed, a black person shooting a white person wasn't in the news. If it was 
black people killing black people, especially children. No, it's part of the narrative. It's it's an ideology that they are pushing. And I have come to the realization that there's some big, big, big money behind a lot of this. Antifa was very heavily involved and they were paid by the hour. And when the police would arrest them and send them in, book them, then of course the DAs would turn right around and let them right back out on the streets. And then we saw all these politicians saying, well, go do it. I mean, that's your right. That's your right to go speak out. And who says it has to be peaceful? (laughs) That's what Chris Cuomo said. Something like, there's nowhere that says that it has to be peaceful. Like, and these are the politicians. The well, this was yes. Chris Cuomo was you know, the news anchor on CNN. But no, they kept saying, keep going for it. Keep, keep going out there saying, if you see someone, go up to them, get in their face. A lot of that stuff really disturbs me. I think that they were just using this situation. I don't honor George Floyd one bit. He was a complete criminal. And to have, you know, George Floyd Day and all of these things in his memory is just wrong. And it's it goes toward, you know, like Saul Alinsky, it's part of the eight steps to topple a nation. You create division, part of Marxism. And by the way, we all know, or we should all know, that the founders of BLM, Black Lives Matter, both said that they are Marxists. If we don't get what we want, we'll burn it down. They also said wow. that. So that's when my eyes first started to open. But when you look at the statistics, that's not the central problem in what's going on in America. I don't know any white right. supremacists. Do you? No, I don't know of any. I don't know of any white supremacists. I don't know of any white person who thinks that they're supreme over a black person. No. I think when we talk about the narrative, I've learned that the media. Is part of the problem with the narrative. Um, Huge part the of the media. Problem. Yeah. Basically, they are the problem. They find an agenda or have an agenda. They tell people how they're supposed to think about it. Whatever it is, it's literally everything. It's like, this is how you must think. And they don't allow any dissenting opinions. Or oh, healthy we'll discussion. Shut you down. No, that's prohibited. And that was never the way it was in America. Never. And my point in the narrative is people need to recognize that the sole purpose they have for it is to divide, to distract, to cause fear and promote war. And if you look at whatever narrative you hear over and 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 control and control. Yes, absolutely. But if you look at anything that is going on and you run that under that litmus test, it will fall into one of those categories. It's, it's very, very scary if it's, and it does divide the mandates divided people, you're V'd or you're unveed. <laughs> right. Yeah. I started to notice all the labeling and it just quickly shut down conversations. And of course, social media helped with that. They would just put a warning, you're violating community standards. I saw many journalists go on to the CDC website or the World Health Organization or the Pfizer website, whatever it might be, and just show, click here, go here, and this is what it says. 
<laughs> and then Facebook would take them down or YouTube, same thing. Twitter, they'd all say, no, you're violating community standards. Or they put up some other thing. This is half wrong or this is incorrect, misleading. That is so dangerous that they have that type of power. But they there's do. still so many people that just go, well, I mean, Facebook says that it's incorrect. So, Or the fact checkers, which aren't fact checkers, even Mark Zuckerberg came out a couple of times when questioned about it. And he said, yeah, it's just their opinion is what it really is. He said it himself. Exactly. And it is. PolitiFact, all that. Don't go down those rabbit holes. I also want to address the label of being a conspiracy theorist because it does drive me a little bit nuts. It's insulting. I have heard conspiracy theorists and the things that they are saying, and that's got nothing to do with the things that Gwen and I and hundreds of thousands of us all over the world have woken up to. Well, millions, exactly. I would say. Many of us are trying to speak out. Don't label me and then move on with your life. Try to really listen because we've been asking to have conversations. I know I have them and it falls on deaf ears or people don't really can't wrap my brain around it. I don't have time. I'm busy. I've got work. I've got my kids. I've got my grandkids. And Gwen and I were just talking before this. If you don't start looking into some of this and opening your mind to possibilities of what's really going on now or in the next few months, talk about not being able to wrap your brain around what's going on. Exactly. Dr. Robert Malone, he'd actually had his first and second dose, and I think he even got boosted. And he changed his mind as more information became available. Now he's with the frontline doctors who they're, you know, why would you do this if you can get treatments, early treatments? And there's so, so many more than just the frontline doctors, not that they're not doing an incredible job because they Absolutely. are. Absolutely. There's just so many doctors that have come out right from the beginning. They were courageous enough to do so and explain why and explain the science. That's all they wanted to do. So everybody has the information they need instead of just some of the information to coerce you into one decision. Exactly. So but the narrative was, was to push you. Right. So one of the things that I noticed that summer when I was uncovering a lot of things I sometimes wish I hadn't uncovered, Dr. Scott Jensen, he was a local senator here in Minnesota and a family doctor who had won an award not many years ago for being best family physician in Minnesota, very, very highly regarded. But he spoke out pretty much right away and asked questions. And he didn't do it in an angry way. He just said, I haven't seen anything like this before where we're not allowed to talk. We're not allowed to ask questions. He pointed out about the PCR cycles and why they're being overly amplified so as to produce up to 85% false positives. And I know there are other tests, but between that and the fact that the very guy that created the PCR test said, no, 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 they should not be used for that at all. It'll just find anything. But again, why? What would be the incentive to use that then? And then just completely disregard anybody asking that question and shunning them. And he also talked about hospitals that were being reimbursed if they were, in fact, COVID patients or considered to yes. be. And they had incentives to put them on remdesivir 
that's more expensive, by the way, than early treatments, and get them on ventilators and label them as COVID deaths when they weren't. He was one of the first doctors, but there have been many, many that have come out around the world. If somebody had a heart attack or was in a car accident, all other kinds of deaths, they were trying to pressure him to say, no, it was COVID, label it as COVID. Why? You have to ask why at least. And the fact that they wanted to shut him down for asking those questions, why are you not wanting discourse? So the censorship and the narrative became very, very obvious to me, as frightening as it was and still is. Well, he's a great man. They have threatened his medical license either four or five times, and he had to go to the state medical board and prove he'd done nothing wrong. He is running to be the governor of Minnesota. And they want to make sure that if you Google him, you don't know anything about him, you're going to see, well, he's a bad doctor. His medical license was up for review. They're attacking people that go against the narrative. Destroying their lives and their livelihoods is pretty big. And he wasn't the only one. He was just one of the first ones. He just happens to be local. All of the chaos, all of the surreal happenings, not just here in America, but all over the world. Everywhere. What will happen if good people don't stand up? I've become really good friends with a few people and have connections just because of this situation. I have connections all over the place and they do the same thing. Like the mainstream media isn't telling the truth and they won't let our doctors and scientists talk. There are COVID camps, by the way, that was real. Howard Springs in Australia. There's so many videos that are just bone chilling. I don't know how else to describe it. In Australia, they were begging us, please help us. Yeah. Please share this. It's really sad that people just decided, oh, the words, the science is good enough for me. When early treatments are completely fine, they've been around for a long time and the science does back them up. But what they did, and I'm not going to go into too much detail, but they changed it up. Early treatments are just that. They're supposed to be early on and a certain amount that the doctor prescribes, a certain dose, and that's critical. It has to be early and it has to be the right amount. It can't be late stage. It doesn't work then. But their exactly. science was based on late stages. And the wrong dosages. They were giving way huge right. doses of the... right. And the Lancet Journal even, they came out with a study that said how dangerous hydroxychloroquine was. This was way back at the beginning of it all. They had to retract that. The FDA based their decision to not allow, not approve hydroxychloroquine for this because of what the Lancet Journal wrote up, the study that they supposedly had. And they had to retract it and admit that that was fictitious. They made up the data. That's scary. We could all have been, yeah, well, right. It all is. It's it's just really important that everybody has the same information. Then if you make your decision from there, great. But again, this narrative is about quelling one side, a very important side, lots of information that people need to know. And that's- They really do. By the way, part of that is, was it the FDA that requested first 55 years- and then 75 years to release 
what was in the Pfizer shot. Yeah. I know that was overturned by a judge and they're slowly releasing it now. I know they shared some of the actual pages and the list of side effects, just the list of side effects was pages long, Yeah, pages long. But again, the mainstream media, do you ever see them talking about that? Why Never. is that? Why? Never. It's it's covered up. It's like so many things covered up by the narrative. So yeah. the main thing is just don't believe the narrative. If you see a narrative out, look and see who's behind it. You know, look where the funding is. How many people were fired? Nurses that really didn't feel good about what they had witnessed that were fired because oh, yeah. they didn't want to take it. And some took it because whether they're a single mother with kids or just Whatever the scenario, a lot of people were just coerced into it. There's lots of people walking around with permanent convulsions and blood clots and all kinds of things. We're told we're bad people that don't care about others if we don't take the jab. How many pilots and how many firefighters and how many policemen here in America, in every state and around the globe, had a really difficult decision to make? They didn't want to get it. They had enough concerns that had not been answered, that they didn't want to take it. Oh, and by but the way, yet, Congress was not, or the White House That's exactly was what I was about to say. Congress. Right. Interesting, Congress, huh? the post office, the labor unions, and the people coming in over the border, those people are exempt. And I think the Tell CDC why that is. and or FDA employees don't have to take it or didn't. And they would ask people in charge and they would say, well, and, and they'd just avoid the question. The Pfizer CEO, at least last I checked, he was asked why he never got it. And this was several months ago, so maybe he was coerced into it since then, but he didn't want to take it. So and he if, didn't back then. Yeah. So if it's really necessary, then why are those people exempt? And right. I've got a nurse on video that she was moved and told that she could not do any more reporting. That was not her job anymore, that she couldn't do that because she was reporting all of the adverse effects. Right. For a perfectly healthy person that had no issues to suddenly have a blood clot or permanent convulsions and things like that is disconcerting to say the least. And one of the interesting parts of the mandate is the same doctors and nurses that treated people frontline in the ERs, in doctor's offices, they were giving care almost around the clock. Those same people had no equipment, no masks, anything to begin with. Right. Those same people were given an ultimatum that they all of a the sudden then had to get the jab, even though they'd already been exposed to it and had treated people for a year. Yeah, so, right. If they would have allowed early treatment, it would have been resolved fine, but it, very cheap and effective. So no go, just demonize that and demonize anybody that advocates that. And instead, people then would get really, really sick and end up in the hospital and then the hospital protocols, this is why a lot of nurses quit, by the way. You are not going to walk out of the hospital with less problems than you had walking in if you walk out. Right. And then people I mean, would then get severely sick from that point and then end up on a respirator, much sicker, dying. and many died. And I've heard from so many doctors and nurses that's not 
the right protocol to use. So no, I'm not a doctor or a nurse. I hope nobody throws that one out at me. Like, what do you know? I'm talking about so many that have dared to speak up and talk about it and let the rest of us know and and at least Well, they've actually just refused to let the doctors prescribe what the doctors want to prescribe. A hospital administration across the board tells you you got to use what everybody else is using and you can't deviate and you can't experiment even though You've had doctors tell you that they've used this with great success and it's helped their patients, but you can't use it. We want to hear from you, by the way. So we will provide communication methods to talk to us. We'll be on Gab and Truth Social as well. We want to hear your stories. We'll have it set up so that you can send us messages and tell your story where you can speak into a voice recorder and we want to hear your ideas Let's collaborate. Let's figure it out. Let's unite and let's move forward. It's past time already. I can't do everything, but I can do something. One person can make a difference. Educate, share, unite. Let's collaborate. 